Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hope everything's going good. Um, it's the new year. Things are supposed to be settling in. Hopefully everything's going good for everyone. But as the dust settles from the hopefulness and positivity of that is the new year, it's a little bit hard because COVID cases are growing up and up and up and up and it just seems that the more and more people that I know are starting to get it, whether it's them personally or their immediate family. So pretty scary. I wouldn't say nerve wracking because, I mean, I'm still going to go about my day, what I'm doing. I'm still going to go out, you know, to the usual spots like the market, necessity stuff. We're usually doing right now the same way that we have been doing, just keeping our distance, wearing our mask. I mean, that's just that's just all you can do at this instance. But, I mean, take your vitamins, get some sun, stay away from people, and just try to find some some peacefulness in what's going on. It's hard, it's nerve-wracking, it's a little, a little stressful, but, I mean, what can we do? Just You can just try your best, right? But all that's going on, and kids are going great, can't complain, but... I wanted to talk about this week about pushing your beliefs on your kids. It sounds like it could be a touchy subject, but I think it's something that we've all done at some point or another. I know I'm guilty of it. I mean, it's not much less beliefs, but I do push my music on my kids. So whether it's rap, metal, indie, post-punk, you know, 80s, new wave, 80s synth, I mean, the kids like it, the kids listen to it, and that's one example, like pushing something. I know it's not that much of a big deal, but there are other subjects that come into play when it comes to pushing new beliefs. And the most most predominant one is probably religion. That's something that I've witnessed growing up, something that wasn't necessarily enforced on me. It was more or less shown to me, but it wasn't enforced. It was show this is what's going on, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're a part of, but I wasn't really told they had to do it or abide by it 24-7. So a little background on that. My grandma, she, her parents immigrated here in the early, in the late teens, early 20s, around that, that time session. She was born in 39, and she grew up in a very, very strict Christian household and they were the type of christians and yeah believe it or not there are different types of christians but she was a type of they were the type of christian that i believe they're called like apostles so more more traditional and the ladies couldn't ladies could pretty much show their face their hands and like their ankles they wore the long dresses the long you know long sleeve shirts so it kind of goes into how my grandma was raised into what she became because everything she did, she did, she was kind of wild 
she worked in the bars. She had kids from different men. She did the complete opposite of what that religion was enforced on her. And I guess it's this rebellious state that she was in coming from that because the story she would tell me and how her grandma would hit her, forced to go to church and you know all that stuff, I would have probably been the same way. And I think that's why she showed everybody or she showed the kids, us, you know, a certain aspects of their religion, but she wasn't really enforced because she came from that rebellious state. She knows, she knew how it felt to be put, put through something you didn't want to do and then rebel against it. So she gave her kids more of a, a free will if you, if you get my drift. So that was her background in that sense. So with us, we did go to church a couple of times. It wasn't too many because, like I said, it wasn't enforced. We did it once in a while. And personally, when we did go, it was more or less like a chore. Like, I didn't like going to church. Maybe because the churches that we went to were a little bit on the weird side. We had this. As soon as you would walk in, there was a certain stench, like this odor of weird creepiness this weird like kind of oppression like state and, <laughs> and the reason why i say oppression state because the kids they interacted with they were so censored and muted in what they could say and how they could act and it was really it was really just strange and i knew like i don't want to have any part of that aspect i mean yes religion could do a lot of good for you it could do a lot of positivity in your life but in my my experiences in that kind of Christianity, I don't want to have any part with it from the beginning. And my, my grandma didn't either. We went a couple times and boom, that was it. We didn't really go too far. So seeing the examples of that, didn't want to have any part of it. I just knew that I did have my beliefs in this higher beings of, you know, coming from religion. I do have my, my beliefs in that. And I, just, I don't want to push anything like that on my kids so quickly. So when it came to the subject of baptizing the kids, in certain cases, it's a touchy subject. There's debates, there's fights, there's... It could, just, it could just lead to a very, very, very uphill battle depending on your spectrum and what you want to do with the kids. So my wife knows that I'm not religious in the sense where I'm in church every single week or every weekend or anything like that. Just like, yeah, you have your beliefs, dude. Leave me alone. I have mine. That's it. You worship your God. In your way, I'll worship my God in my way. I don't believe in the church in a sense, especially when it comes to the whole debacle of priests, the whole way of why does the church have the biggest house while some of the followers are some of the poorest people but that's another su that's another subject for a different day but when it came to that i felt like my wife thought that i was gonna have a struggle a fight or anything like that because they were all born catholic they weren't born they were all baptized in the catholic church and i was baptized christian and like I said, to me, it didn't really matter whether what they are. I mean, you could be baptized in a certain way and then have completely different beliefs. It's perfectly fine. Anybody tells you no, I mean, I don't know, don't pay attention to them. But So when she came up to me, we were first going to start baptizing Max. It was, well, what were we going to do? And I told her, you could baptize him Catholic. That's perfectly fine to me. I have no, I have no stake in this fight. It's just... 
you could baptize them, go through the whole confirmation thing. And when they get older, whether they want to follow through with it or not, that's completely on them. And obviously, if they have questions growing up, you know, like, what's God? What's religion? We, we're going to be there for them. We're their parents. We're going to show them. I'm going to try to be a little bit more nice about, you know, some of the answers that I give. Because, again, I could be kind of a dick doing it. And I won't be a dick to the kids. But if somebody asks me a stupid question in front of the kids, I'm going to be a dick to them. Whether it's family intermediate family or in-laws or anybody like that, any friends, I'm going to be a dick to them. I'm not going to lie. Because sometimes, you know, like, they ask the stupidest questions to get your reaction and they want to see what you do. I think my, my in-law kind of had that type of question too, like, what was I going to say of what they wanted? Because, you know, they're, that's their tradition and their side. I mean, honestly, I don't care. I don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Tradition in their family, go for it, right? And honestly, tradition in my dad's side of the family too because all my cousins had their confirmation, my aunt. So when she at first asked, you know, what they were, she was kind of like relieved that they were baptized Catholic, both of them. As far as pushing anything on them, we're going to let them know that, hey, you're baptized a certain way. And where you take this, it's entirely up to you. And it's, you know, it's not that much of a big deal on our end, but for a lot of people it is. So it's more of a case on how you're going to approach your significant other and what you want to do. And then what kind of compromise are you going to set for both of you guys? I've had, I've had an aunt who baptized their kid, her, her last kid. She was Christian. He was Catholic. So they came up with this compromise. I think it's, they were Lutheran. I don't know. They, they're baptized. That's all I know. But, you know, little compromises like that could happen in your life. Or, But I think the main thing is to kind of go into it open-minded. Don't go in there with your set ways because that's how arguments and fights just escalate into something nasty over something as simple as asking, well, what are we going to baptize our kid? And it's a lot. It's a big deal for some people. But if you're on that, you don't know what you're going to do. And if you don't ha have your kids baptized by the time they're like, shit, I don't know, 12, 13, there's no rush. There's no rush to do everything on your own. Don't let your family have this heavily influence on you to make you feel like you have to do it. I guess that's the thing with me. I'm always waiting for a fight, especially when it comes to like for my in-laws. Like I'm ready to go like whatever they say, I'm ready to oppose it and counter it for some reason. And most of the case, they don't do that. They don't, they don't do anything like that towards me. I think it just me mentally just waiting for an opposing factor so I could, you know, get in and get this little fight going. But, and it's just how I was raised, raised to be on the defensive side. So, but fortunately for me, like when it comes to anything like that, my, my in-laws know this is a good line with me. So don't come in the line between me and the kids. They know that they're respectful and I mean, I have no complaints on that side whatsoever. But I mean, for my beliefs and what I'm deciding what's best or what I'm going to push on with my kids, because whether it's pushing your beliefs or your kids looking at to what you're doing or your interests and them asking questions like, hey, dad, what's this? Hey, mom, what's that? I don't think that's necessarily pushing your beliefs on them. It's more or less ushering in like the curiosity of the kids. 
But that could kind of have a toxic effect when it comes to pushing hate on your kids. When it comes to pushing being racist on your kids. Because let's face it. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you want to believe in. Kids aren't born racist. Kids aren't born being hateful. They're the most loving, purest that you're just ever going to come across in this world is a kid. And if you think a kid's going to be automatically racist and hate black people, hate brown, hate white, they're going to be this total like bag of just negativity. I think you're completely lopsided and wrong because it's those beliefs that get pushed on their kids that are in the total negative effect on what you should be pushing on your kids. You should be pushing on your kids. In my opinion, again, this is just my opinion. If you don't see things the way I do, that's perfectly fine. We're in a free country. You have your own beliefs, your own opinions, and I have mine. But for my opinion is what you should be pushing on your kids is how to be a good person. How to be a good how to be a good person for themselves and for the people around them. About being ladies and being being, being gentlemen, having your manners, making the best you can at making the people around you feel comfortable and safe. And another thing that gets pushed on kids in the in the year of the the 2020, the 2019, 2018 that you've seen really, and really in the past five years, I want to say, is pushing gender on kids. And this is such like a headache, especially when it comes to me when you hear about little six-year-old boys being pushed at their girls, vice versa. Young kids getting pushed on taking hormone pills. That's just something I have to draw the line because they're just simple biology with our kids, hormones, our feelings, our thoughts. There are some people that are born, they feel they're born in the opposite sex. They feel like they're little girls, but since they were a young age, they felt like they were just a boy. And then when you get a little bit older of age, start taking the hormones and start making this transition into their proper gender. That's completely fine because it's you finding your own path. That's completely fine if, let's say, Max feels like he's a girl. I mean, he's a kid. Chances are he's probably going to change his mind. So it wouldn't be right on me if my son comes to me right now being four years old and says, I like dresses, I like playing with dolls. It wouldn't be right on my end to push like, okay, son, you're a girl now. Your name is Maxina, and we're going to start getting you on, taking you to the doctor, getting you pills, getting you this and that, forcing this whole, you know, gender transitional thing on you. It sounds crazy, but unfortunately, it does happen. There are people that use their kids in that sense as kind of a commodity, as an accessory. And I wouldn't believe it until I seen it myself. I don't believe it until my wife's experienced it. We went to a travel museum, travel town in LA, train museum. My kid likes trains. Both of them like trains. So before COVID, we were there at least every other weekend, walking around looking at trains. My wife went to the restroom, bumped into this kid, said, sorry, little boy. The mother flipped out on her and said, this little boy's a girl. She's this, she's that. And my wife was like, yeah, cool. I mean... I apologize. I didn't know. Like, but just flipping out like that on the little kid. I mean, the kid could change its mind. And we start giving kids hormone therapy at an early, early age, which I think it's. I think there's an age limit now. 
But prior to this, you do read stories about parents giving their kids hormone pills. It's just bad for the biology. It's bad for the kid, and it could mess him up in the long end. Like, but like I was saying, like if Max came to me saying that he wanted this, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, cool. You'd be supportive, but you don't force anything like that, especially going to change his physiology at such an early age because he could be 17, 18, and then have a change of heart, change of mind. I mean, that's perfectly fine. So why are we going to push this young agenda on him at an early, early age where he doesn't really have his own full way of thinking, his full way of what how the world is, how the world moves. And it'd just be unfair to push our beliefs that we want him to be you know, a female after that. And it just, it just by example of what we've seen, what we experience. And that's, again, it's a touchy subject. But the way I see it, if you're a small kid, a tween, a teenager, and you feel like you're the opposite sex, perfectly fine. But do it on your own accord. Don't do it because your parents want you to be the opposite. Don't do it because you want your friends to influence you and to be a different way. Just do it on your own accord. And I know there's people right now listening and saying, like, what the hell is he talking about? But it's something that I have to get off of my chest and to kind of differentiate, differentiate, kind of compare like the yin and yang, like harsh beliefs and, you know, kind of beliefs that aren't going to hurt the kid in the long run. So the main thing for me is safety of the children. And being racist, being hateful, pushing gender change at such an early, early age, going to be harmful for the kids. Something that's pushing religion, manners, it's not going to be harmful for them. It's just opening their minds to new things. And ultimately... The kid in the end is going to have their own decision on whatever you push on them, on whatever you show them what you do in raising them. But it's just a matter of what, what us as parents are going to show them. It just depends on how us as parents are people in real life. And when I say real life, I mean a lot of people are two faces. They're one way when they're in front of you, but when they turn their back, they're a completely different way. So it just a matter. It just depends on what person you show to be a role model for the kids. Because if you're going to be a hateful person twenty four seven, the kids probably going to grow up to be the same way. Might not be, but more than likely, we've seen it. We've seen it when our parents are hateful. We've seen it where our parents are abusive physically when they're drug addicts i mean i've experienced it fortunately for me i mean i'm not a drug addict or anything like that but different family members when i talked about generational abuse you know that example of my grandma hitting the kids they're her kids and then her kids doing what they're going to do to you know their kids so it's just a matter of being a good person the best you can so that you can be a bit It's just all about being a good person, being the best you can so you can give your kid a good role model and just be cautious on the beliefs that you're pushing on the kid.
Thanks again for listening to another week. I'm going to edit this right now. It sounds like crap. You'll never hear this. So me talking like this will never matter. But if it's all good to go, I might keep this. I might delete this. You never know. Thanks a lot. Bye.